Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a special guest today. Emery, would you like to introduce our guest? I guess I'll introduce the special guest. Yes, the special guest. She's very special. Her name is Deja Jackson. She's a good friend of mine. She is, I would like to say, she's my dancing buddy and my walking buddy. Because whenever we've danced together, like at a bar or something, we've always had a good time. And we go on little walks together, usually at Iroquois Park. And she's a really good walking buddy. And I've known her. I've known you for two, three years. Yeah, like three and a half years. Three and a half years. Almost four years, Emery. Oh, my God. That's wild. And she has a new piercing in her nose. (laughs) And she chastised me before this and said, how dare you not notice that I got my nose pierced. And I told her I am very uncomfortable like no like it's so weird i know and i should get over it like with with complimenting women or anything about their appearance i'm very uncomfortable with like and i feel like i don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable so like i overthink it i just say nothing and -hmm. it could be like you know it's a friend like i could just be like yeah you look nice today but yeah i struggle with that so that's the thing i'm I'm, i should get i should try to get better about that i uh force Emory to get better on that because every time I have a difference uh, in my appearance I always say Emory you did not compliment me on this <laughs> and I do notice I do notice them I, know he does. I just I, know I just don't say anything <laughs> and I want to be one of those guys that can just say something and it just sounds natural as opposed to like wow you're a weirdo Emory for saying this about me <laughs> like so I'm getting better whatever He's not getting better, but in four years, <laughs> I'll come back on the show and let you know that he has gotten better. As if he's improved, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. we're trying over here. But, yeah, Deja is a great friend, uh, almost four years of knowing each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, if you ever want to go on a walk, go with Deja. Yeah. Great walking buddy. We'll have really deep conversations about anything. She does not do small talk. We just, Lizzie, Deja, and I talked about this before we got on the air. She is against it. She's against small talk. And Lizzie and I aren't very good at it either. That's why we just talk about depression and anxiety all the time <laughs> and scare people away. So before I came here, I was at a birthday party where I had some small talk conversations and I realized how bad I am at those two. And then the birthday girl, when I left, she was like, have fun, go and talk about sad stuff. And I was like, yep, that's what I do. That's my sweet spot. <laughs> that's what I'm good at. <laughs> so yeah, Deja's here. All right. Welcome. So happy to have you, Deja. So happy to be here. That was a great introduction. Yeah, I, that's why I usually let Lizzie do introductions because she's just much. She's generally better at those. So I just kind of ramble on about anything. But before we move on to our first segment with Deja, we have to talk about business. So you are listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.5 Ford Radio. You can listen to us anytime at FordRadio.org. You can also find us on streaming services. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, CastBox, Google Play. We are literally everywhere. You can also find us on social media platforms. There's one that's called Instagram, and that's Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two. And there's another one. It's called Facebook, and that's Two Nuts in a Pod with Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two spelled out T W O. You can also email us anytime, day or night, twenty four seven, three sixty five, Two Nuts in a Podcast at gmail.com. And one of our 900 interns will answer yes. immediately. Yes. And if they don't, honestly, we'll fire them. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah. we don't tolerate that. <laughs> and we love getting emails, guys. So please, please uh, send us emails. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about. Let us know um, 
if there's any particular segment that you liked or show that you liked, just, uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. If you want to send anonymous love letters to Lizzie, like, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, it really helps my confidence. <laughs> she <laughs> likes affirmations, so say a lot of affirming things here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it definitely is always great to hear from our listeners. So definitely appreciate it. So two nights in a podcast at gmail.com. And that is all for business. All right. Nice. Um, so we're going to start with our How Are You For Real segment, which is where we just real talk about what's going on in our lives. Because usually when people ask how you're doing, you just say fine and you move on. But we actually want to hear like all of it. We want to hear the nitty gritty, the the good, the bad, the ugly. We want to hear it. And if you're doing great, then that's great. Tell us that secret. Why are you doing great? What's yeah, because we need to know. We will pay you money to find out what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Because we're so desperate. Yes. Also, if you're really miserable, we love that stuff. You yeah. Know, that's, that's our wheelhouse, so we can talk about that forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Emery, how are you for real? I would say that I, it's similar to our most recent show, uh, I feel very anxious, a um, little jittery. I feel like it's a lot of things. One, it's uh, with work. I'm planning an event. I have not done event planning before. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> and uh, like, I don't even like hosting things at my own home. So like planning an event for 200 people outdoors during COVID with everything going on, a silent auction, there's a DJ, there's performers, there's run of show, there's everything. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to be ready to be married. By the way, I can plan a wedding after this because yeah. I feel like, yeah. man, this is a lot. And uh, yes, yeah, it's just a lot of details, a lot of things to remember. You're working with a lot of different people. And yeah, it becomes a little complicated. So yeah, a little stressed out with that. And then I guess uh, the one mental health thing is um, refilling of prescriptions. I need to figure out like a system to do this in a better way hmm. because it's almost like a panic thing. And uh, I actually have not taken my anxiety meds today because I'm out. Mm -hmm. um, my depression meds are the ones that like I cannot be out of, but anxiety meds is, you know, it, it sucks as well. And I, f I have felt over the last few days, a little jittery. Um, and then with, with just like going out and socializing because here in Kentucky, they're lifting the restrictions. Um, in June, they'll lift the restrictions entirely for going out and being social and bars staying open and not wearing a mask. And, so that's a little uncomfortable because I go to I went to a bar last night and just nobody nobody wore a mask. What? Yeah, so I guess at some places like if they're not at certain capacity, they don't care. And so I won't name name bars or whatever, but like yeah, it's definitely a thing. And then I went to Target yesterday, which I always make fun of people who are like, oh, I went to Target and I just love Target. And I spent so much money and I'm just like, whatever. And then I went to Target yesterday and spent so much money because I was like, ooh, this is cute. This is nice. Like, I bought stuff that I was like, I guess I need this. And I spent so much money, but like half the people there weren't wearing masks. Really? It was, it was very weird. And that makes me anxious. And it just like, and also being out and socializing, like, we talked about this before. Someone trying to come up and be like, hey, who are you? What do you do for a living? I'm like, I I, I have a cat named Floyd. I don't know how to talk to you. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to say to you right now. Like, <laughs> I talk to Floyd more than anyone else. So, like, having conversations is a little awkward right now and just, like, readjusting to that normalcy from before. Because um, it still doesn't feel normal. But, I mean, some places are treating it like, hey, 
this is not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And I still wear my mask, but when I was at the bar and nobody was, I was like, I guess I'll take it off to like be on the dance floor and stuff because you know I have to dance. Yeah, you're vaccinated, so I'm fully vaccinated and everything, and and the people I was with were fully vaccinated, so I just I don't know. It, it was definitely weird, but it's also fun. It's nice to be back in that setting. Like, yeah, I was dancing with my boys, um, and you know, Lizzie knows them. Deja's met most of them, and uh, it was like, man, we have so much fun together. Like. Just guys going out in the town and dancing. <laughs> I it, love it. It's so cute that you guys, it's like, let's just throw our purses in the middle and <laughs> have a dance. And we love it. And we had so much fun. And, but it was like, oh, wait, this is weird. Like, we're in a pandemic still. So, yeah. Um, but they said it's okay. So, but yeah, cool. that's how I'm feeling. Mostly, mostly anxious and just, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think after the event, I'll feel better. But then everything else in the world is just topsy-turvy weird. So I just, just adjusting to that. Yeah, you got to figure out a system for your refills. Like you can do yeah. do it so they automatically refill it for you when it it's close to running out. And it became a thing that like calling my psychiatrist was just such an ordeal. Like they were mm-hmm. so slow about refilling it. So I'm just like, and I saw something from my insurance that was like, Hey, you can just do this online and like, it'll be shipped to you, to your house. So like, I think I'm going to do that Yeah, because yeah. I don't want so to go to the, yeah, to mm-hmm. the pharmacy be like, Oh, did I remember this? And like, it's just one more thing to do in a list of never ending things. So yeah, I need to, I need to do that. Yeah. Cause that's stressful. It's stressful to run out of meds and, um, you can have bad side effects and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because, yeah, it wasn't today. I, it's the, it's like the past two days of running low or out now. And uh, I was like, why am I so jittery? And I think that might be part of it. Because, yes. you know, I'm not like a caffeine drinker or anything like that. So, like, it's like, what is going on? It's like, maybe you're, you're not taking your meds. So that's why you feel like on 10 all the time and just like out of it and just weird. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just a big weirdo over here. So that's how I feel. So Lizzie, how are you for real? I am doing okay. I am a little hungover today. I got a little, <laughs> I was telling him before we started recording, I got a little too excited yesterday. Got to see like a big group of friends that I don't get to see that often. Um, there was a, uh, a cookout and even though it was like 60 degrees out and wasn't, you know, perfect cookout weather. It was still super fun, and I just got a little overexcited, a little too much champagne. Champagne is, like, the worst hangover beverage. It's all the sugar. Oh, yeah. Any of those sugary ones is just a nightmare. I just want to kick myself every time. I love it, though. (laughs) I love champagne. It's delicious. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't like champagne because I remember how horrible of a hangover drink it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um... That was fun. I ended up staying there last night because like, I had gotten a little too tipsy to drive home. <laughs> but I can never sleep at someone else's house. I'm like a little kid at a sleepover. I'm like, I'm scared. I want to go home. <laughs> so at like 630, I came back home and just basically slept until I got here. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling super bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, overall, uh, I've been good. It was it was a 
kind of a stressful week at work. Just like a lot of, I don't know, I work with faculty a lot to try to collect like student papers from their classes so we can send them off for assessment. And it was just, it was stressful because it, not everyone was on the same page or knew what was going on. And then I feel like, oh, that's my job. I should have communicated things better. So then I'm kind of kicking myself about it. Um, but even though it was a stressful week, I feel like my emotions stayed pretty stable. So nice. I am continuing to just start to feel a little bit better. I feel like week by week, this depression fog is kind of lifting and the anxiety is still there, but I feel like it's, it's a little more manageable with my meds, um, which I increased recently. So, um, yeah, doing good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Cause I know that the winter time period and for a while, like you were not doing so great, Yeah. but it's good to see like things on the upswing. Yeah. It's finally, I mean, I knew it couldn't last forever. Mm-hmm. That's what like. But when it lasts for so long, and I'd never had a stretch last for that long. I mean, it it felt like eight months or something of just relentless depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I do think it's COVID-related. I think that's a big part of it. So now maybe that things are opening up, and I'm going to be, like, going back to work work in August and just being able to see people and hang out without masks on and... Yeah. And feel more relaxed with that seeing people too. Yeah. Like I, I just being around friends and be like, okay, all of us are like vaccinated and like we were super responsible and just nice to be able to hang out with you and just like, you know, put my arm around you. You're my buddy. Mm-hmm. You miss that stuff. Yeah. That definitely. human connection is so important. And then I think like, yeah, obviously you get excited. So like, <laughs> I know that I've gotten excited and just like drank a little too much because I was like, man, I'm just so pumped to see people. Yeah. And it's my friends that I care so much about or it's people you haven't seen in a while. So it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, besides the hangover, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Brad, I wish you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how about you, Deja? How are you for real? So me for real, um, honestly, I, you know, I'd have to say the same as both of you all. I am really anxious, honestly, listening to the reality of going out dancing when Emery walked in and talked about him dancing. I was like, yeah, why didn't you invite me? But then thinking about dancing without a mask, I was like, wait, what would that really be like? Am I really ready for that? But, um, God, I don't don't know if I'm really ready for that. (laughs) That sounds a little stressful. But, uh, um, but anyway, um, but I am also anxious. I'm about to embark on a new opportunity, um, that's job related. And so I'm very anxious, but excited. And so, I know that this is something that I need to do and that I'm well prepared for all of my opportunities and roles in the past have definitely led me to this, but I'm just really nervous, (laughs) you know, because anytime you step into a new role, it's just really scary, you know? I mean, because you don't know what to expect or what it's going to be like. Are you going to like the people that you're around? Are you going to be like actually fully prepared you know like I really like to be like excellent and I know that's one of the things that I'm gonna talk about a little bit but um 
you know, like, am I going to be excellent in it? Am I going to be as good uh, in this role as I am in my current role? And, you know, even though I'm not, I would never say I'm like an excellent, you know, person in my current role. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, like that's, those are the things that I'm kind of dealing with. And also this is kind of like a risky thing that I'm embarking on and I'm super risk averse. And I think that's why COVID was really difficult because I had to determine whether or not I wanted to be around people who could potentially have been exposed to COVID or did I want to be sane for my mental health? And so it was like, most of the time I was like, I need to be sane. Like yeah. I cannot just be by myself or with my, my son. Like I can't, I can't do it. Like I have to be around people. Like, I mean, I went on many walks with Emery and like lots of my other friends and I just like hugged people because I was like, I can't not miss this physical connection. Like it's, I couldn't, but I'm super, super risk averse. So this new opportunity is just like, like it's, it's a big, big, big step. So it's very anxiety inducing and super scary, but also super exciting. And so those conflicting emotions are almost, almost too much for me, you know? Um, and then also, you know, I'm scared because like, since I moved back to Louisville three and a half years ago, almost four years, um, I've been in my current role, like, or at the current job. Um, sorry not to be like super weird about not saying where I work, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I've been at that place with these same people. And so I'm literally like kind of leaving the nest and that's also super scary and so yeah like I just have like so many emotions and so many fears and just like all of this anxiety and so it's really hard for me to even be like super super excited so I'm I will be interested to see when all of that anxiety leaves and I can just really be happy yeah, yeah it's it, when you have that like excitement mixed with anxiety it's so hard to like kind of feel the excitement because mm -hmm. the anxiety is kind of burying it yeah yeah it's yes. like not until you're really in the first couple of weeks in the new role that you can like start to feel excited you're like <laughs> right. okay like i'm here this is fine right. like and just knowing that like i always tell myself when i start a new job it's just like just let everything wash over you mm -hmm. because you're not going to remember everything right. it's going to take a while it just is mm -hmm. So just letting it all wash over you and trusting that eventually it'll sink in and, right. <laughs> and you'll learn it. Yeah, and it'll be fine. Yeah, people keep asking me, like, are you excited? Are you happy? Like, what's your feeling? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> That's literally what I keep saying. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, please stop asking me so I don't have to think about this. Just let's not. Let's not. So, um, yeah, so that's, that is really where I'm at. Just... I, I really am just hoping that I can just push down all those emotions so that I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just my, yeah. like, go-to, like, instinct. Embarking always. on a new journey is, it can be terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I just, just with anything, really. Uh, <laughs> but something as big as that, you know, with, a, with your occupation, you know, that provides your you know, all of your financial support there. So like, it's a mm -hmm. big deal and it's a big change and like changing from one thing to another, especially like when you get kind of comfortable or you feel like you've got the groove of things and all of a sudden it's like, Oh no, this is going to be completely different now. Right. Like I just can relate just from my own switching jobs. It was just like, okay. Like, and during the pandemic it was like, okay, this is way different than what I was doing before. Yes. And it's just like, you just have to shift that. And that can be very, very tedious and stressful, but I think I'll do fine. 
I think so. Yeah. And I'm also a super long-term thinker. And so I, like with this potential like opportunity, and that's the reason why I'm calling it that it's not long-term. And so like me even thinking about the next like three steps, it's impossible. So I'm like, what is going to happen? Like, and I can't, like my therapist and I talked about it and she was like, Deja, you just, you have to be like really present. And I know that's super hard for you. So just make sure you have, you like, think about your feet planted on the ground. Like right now, think about, you know, day to day, you know, for the next basically year and then just be fine. I'm like, Easier said than done. Right. <laughs> you talked about being excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, what do you think that stems from? You know, I, that's a good question about being excellent. I don't know. That's a good question. My therapist and I talk about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if it's like my birth order. I've, I've thought about this so many times, but a birth order because I'm the firstborn and I felt like I always was like, chosen to be like one of the like smartest kids in the class and so because I was like one of the smartest kids in the class I just felt like I like naturally needed to be the best Mm -hmm. you know and I also vaguely remember like my um dad saying something about me needing to be the best or or wanting to be the, the best or striving something about striving to be the best and so I think like I think literally like some things just stick with me like you only have to say it once and then it's like oh okay I'm the best I need to be the best cool all right let's let's just keep on going and uh so yes I think that's one of the things that I've tried to do but not but not perfect I've never described myself as a perfectionist because like that's just insane like I can't do that but even excellent is like a really hard standard you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. so um so that's one of the things that I try really hard not to instill in my son because that's that's just impossible you know like you can be good (laughs) like even great but you don't have to be excellent and you definitely do not have to be perfect so and i forgot to mention your son in the introduction as well and he's oh yeah he's uh three and a half he'll be four in august mm -hmm. he's a real cutie yeah so yeah i really relate to that needing to be excellent thing and i think mine comes from like overachieving in school too yeah And then it just, I remember my first boss telling me that, you know, Lizzie, it's okay sometimes like in, in a job, like in life, it's okay to get like a B or a C sometimes. Yes. You know, you can't, you can't always try to go for that A plus Mm -hmm. and it's just when you're learning something or you're challenging yourself, you're not always going to get an A. Yeah. Well, and even a lot of my friends, um, they are also those overachievers from school. And we all have the same kind of like issues, you know, like, you know, we always are trying to be the best in everything. Like I, one of my best friends is a therapist. And so we, we talk all of the time about everything. And so she's learning how to play guitar and she's also learning jujitsu. And so she gets really like, um, she gets really down on herself when she can't like perfect a move or she can't learn a song really quickly. And then she's like, ah, you know, what do I need to do? And I'm like, Aaron, this is not school. It is okay. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And I'm like, and so I try to give myself that grace. And so for 2021, the, the word of the year for me has been grace. Cause that's all that we can do. But the fact that it's taken 28 years for me to like give that to myself has been like 
insane, you know? Mm. I wish that there was something in school that we can still give, like, grades, because obviously the, the A to F scale is, like, important for something, but also not make these kids have this overachieving standard later on in life, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of that stuff stems and it's, like, internalized later on, you know? And then yeah. it's hard for when someone fails, like, because yeah. they'll get, because I know for myself, like, you know, even though I didn't really seem like an overachiever in school, because my parents were pretty relaxed with that stuff, but I just, I felt like once I failed, when I started to first teach, it was just, like, devastating for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you failed, and, like, you failed pretty hard. <laughs> like, you did real bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, obviously, you can go back and say, like, no, I did good things here, and it was learning lessons, all that stuff, but... Yeah, that that failure is really hard to grap, grapple with and like grapple with grapple. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah. grapple with mm-hmm. grapple. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of snapple. The word doesn't even make sense anymore. <laughs> grapple, grapple, grapple. Uh, yeah, so just it became it was just very difficult for me to process mm-hmm. that that failure. So it's just uh, yeah that that overachieving or you said you didn't struggle with perfectionism, but I know that Lizzie and I both struggle with that. So it's just. Uh, yeah, it just becomes, it just exacerbates that problem. It really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And I just, I really, like, I always think about the next generation and the next generations because there's nothing really I can do for myself. So, um, but yeah, for the next generations, I'm just like, what can we do? And even in my current role, uh, one of the things that we've talked about is making sure that, like, our staff knows that they can fail at things, that they can try these different opportunities, well, not opportunities, but these different programs, and they can they can basically fail at it, you know? Like, of course, try your best, but, but we need to experiment so that we can try. And so that's one of the things also that I'm keeping in mind for this new opportunity for myself, like, not that, not that I should experiment with it, but, like, it, this is the time for me to try things, like, really like I'm never going to get another life so this is this is literally my my time to experiment as much as humanly possible mm-hmm. and so like if we give more people that kind of mindset then think of all the things that can be created from it you know so it's like the growth versus fixed mindset thing yeah it's like the growth mindset is just so much healthier mm-hmm just like I'm going to learn things and it'll be hard and I'm not always going to do great at it. But the point is just learning the things. Exactly. And we see something on TV or we read a book or see a magazine or, or whatever or see a politician. It's like, oh, well, this is like perfect or what they've made is perfect. But it's like, yeah, if they wrote a book, like it went through a lot of editing. If they had <laughs> yeah. something published, it went through a lot of editing. A song had a lot of editing, like everything, like someone's picture and they look really good, like probably had a lot of editing. Like mm-hmm. it's not just like that immediately. Like people had to put a lot of work into it. So, um, yeah, hmm. fun stuff. Good times. Um, all right. Well, we are about at that time where we need to take a break. So we will be right back. Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff, the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media 
promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back with Deja Jackson, and uh, we're going to start by kind of hearing, in this segment, we're going to hear your story. Um, but first, we'd like to ask people, like, what made you feel comfortable coming on the show? Honestly, all of the cool kids were coming on this show, and <laughs> I was really jealous that Emory hadn't asked me yet, <laughs> because we are walking buddies and dance buddies, and so, <laughs> and so, um, honestly, mental health is like a really big deal for me, um, since, which I'll talk a little bit more about when I get to my journey, but um, since I graduated from undergrad, um, I've really, like, been interested in like all the mental health tips. Um, Oprah was my first like dive into it because really that's like a big thing for her. She always writes about it. I think she has a couple columns about it in her magazines and then she writes books about it. And um, so since then I've really like been aware of it and tried to incorporate all of the things into my life just to kind of make sure that I'm mentally healthy and stable. Um, and so, yeah, whenever I saw that all the cool kids were doing this, I was like, I need to come on here and talk about, you know, my journey and um, all that. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you finally asked me. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some cool kids on here, but Deja's the coolest. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I won't tell them that you said that, but I might caption it. <laughs> so let's get into your story. Um Tell us, tell us all of it. Tell us yeah. everything, all the details, <laughs> all, all the, the details. juicy details. Yes, yes. <laughs> and remember, the more misery, the better for oh, us. Okay. Yeah, we're over here just like, yes, we love this. Ready. Yes. <laughs> well, um, first, let me have a disclaimer of, you know, this is over like a 10 year span. So I'm going to try and, you know, tell as much as I can, but of course, abbreviated. So, um, of course, my journey is going to start like, you know, right after undergrad, which I feel like like that's when people really like stop and realize like what's around them mm -hmm. because you know we have all of that time where we're just in school and we're just like in a hamster wheel you know you're just like okay gotta get to the next grade gotta get to the next grade gotta get, get past these classes and you don't really realize how you're feeling or what you're thinking it's just like gotta get to the next thing and so like in the summers I would realize like god this is miserable like I'm not happy and then of course I'd have the winter time like blues where it's like oh god this I like hate life I don't know why I hate life but this sucks you my know my heaven yeah <laughs> yeah Emery loves the winter but I just was like oh my god this is horrible but the summers were also miserable too and like I just couldn't I was not happy like I felt like at any time um but I'm also really good at like camouflaging too. So, um, so then when I graduated from college, I was like expecting for everything just to be great, you know, all the time, because that's what you are told. Like, you know, you're going to have these C-suite jobs and you're going to like have this city life and it's going to be great. And I was like, I was still miserable. Um, I didn't make a lot of money and I was like, I went through all that school and did 
all this for for nothing like and I was just so confusing and so I talked to my mom I'm super super close with my mom and I was like I don't understand like I wasn't saying these words but basically the undertones are like I'm I'm depressed like <laughs> literally and I've read a little bit about like basically people saying that they're like have this like after college blues that's kind of what they call it but honestly I think it's just real depression like because you know there's nothing you know but anyway but whatever <laughs> and so I just kind of like was in this gray cloud afterwards and I got into a relationship and he was also like depressed and very anxious and so and he was drinking a lot and so I put all of my mental focus on making him better instead of focusing on like what where I was in my emotional state and um and honestly I didn't really realize that the drinking was as bad until we moved and I could only see him and I could only focus on him and then um and then I got pregnant and instead of like what I thought that pregnancy would be like you know all happy and everyone is just like you know surrounded by you because we also didn't live in Kentucky anymore um, I was miserable. I was really sick and everything just kind of sucked. So I couldn't be happy again. I couldn't be excited. I was just kind of like not feeling great. I kind of wasn't excited about this. It was really weird. And, um, and then I had a miscarriage. I also hated my job. <laughs> um, I just, just was still in that gray cloud, you know, I was depressed about the, the miscarriage. My mom said to me, like, maybe you're having postpartum depression. I was like, maybe it's that, but also it's probably like real depression from having a miscarriage. Like that is really depressing. Yeah. And, um, and I remember someone telling me after I had the miscarriage, like after like three days, like you, <laughs> the, the, oh my God. The way that our society talks about miscarriage is always super insane. Like, you know, you don't hear that other people have miscarriages until you have a miscarriage yourself, which I think when I found that out, I was like, well, there's all these people around me who've had miscarriages, but they haven't said anything. Like, hmm. I was telling people that I didn't feel good and they, they also didn't say anything. Like, I just was so baffled. But, um, but this lady said to me like Deja you just you have to like pull yourself together like you know get get your get up and like you know basically like get it together I'm like do you not realize I just experienced a loss like a really big loss like I am devastated I'm crushed like this is the biggest loss I've ever experienced like no <laughs> I cannot pull myself together like if I'm if I'm not better in two years I think that's okay like yeah so <clears throat> Anyway, so I did pull myself together because obviously, like, uh, specifically for people of color and women, um, we have to continue to push our feelings down. And so I just pushed my feelings down. I continued to move in this really unhappy state that I was in, um, mainly because I didn't like my job. I just had a miscarriage. Um, you know, I was with a depressed and anxious person and still I still had the, all those feelings about my after college blues. Um, and, and I continued to truck on and then I was like, well, maybe it's just that I need a change of scenery and I just need to move again. So I moved further down South and I was like, okay, this, I'm in a change of scenery. It's pretty warm all the time. I'll be fine. And so I perked myself up a little bit. Um, but honestly, I still didn't feel any better because of course I didn't like, I don't know what, what am I state of mind thought that I would feel any better. Um, but 
you know, I started seeing a therapist and um, she gave me some some more tactics that were not from Oprah. Uh, <laughs> to, Oprah's great, though. <laughs> she really is. Oprah is really great. I mm. also had an Oprah subscription, which made me feel a little bit better. And TV is also my, my escape. So I was watching a ton of TV, reading a lot of books. So I was able to escape, which is mm. my true, like you know, way to like pretend like I'm not, not actually alive. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I started seeing therapist and so the therapist really focused on just tactics to make sure that I wasn't as stressed and anxious. Cause that's, that was like the main thing I was making myself like physically sick because of how stressed I was and anxious and, uh, and she really didn't get to the depression because I'm just so good at like masking it. And then when I came back, I was pregnant with my son um, when I came back to, to Kentucky. And and I had him. And honestly, I, that pregnancy was also really strange. I was trying to be excited, but I was really nervous, especially after the miscarriage, so much so that I really didn't tell a lot of people that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was so far away from home, I really didn't have to tell people. <laughs> so a lot of the family knew a lot of my partner at the time's family knew and then it got posted at the baby shower which two weeks after the baby shower i ended up having him so you know that's (laughs) so it's like really really safe i was like like, oh you're pregnant and now there's a baby (laughs) yeah yeah i've known people that have just they just have the baby like they don't unless it's with their really really close friends or their immediate family they're not telling anybody yeah yeah and honestly and i didn't post either one of those things Mm -hmm. it was other people who posted it and it's just because i didn't say like you know, don't post it because yeah. I'm also not going to be like really restrictive like that. So, um, but yeah, like, I mean, but that, that was like super weird feelings. I feel like I'm also like super weird. Cause I'm just like, uh, all these feelings, like, uh, they're so conflicting. And you're, and you've, you alluded to earlier, well, you said earlier that, um, people of color and women are having to suppress those feelings. Yeah. So then those feelings are popping up for you. And then you have some sources that are like, Hey, you just need to dust yourself off and get back out there. And it's like, right. I've just gone through all this trauma and yeah. this like over an extended period of time mm-hmm. with loss and then with so much change in life. Like you can't just like process that and be done with it. Like right. it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and when I came back to Kentucky and I started my current job, I remember one of my friends, one of my like, she was new to hear uh, friends said, you know, honestly, cause I was like super, super unhappy with my partner by this time. And I knew we weren't going to make it very much longer, but, and I was telling her like all the things that we were going through cause he was still drinking really heavily. And I was just like super concerned. Um, and, and she was like, well, Deja, like it makes sense because you've gone through all these changes over the last like three years and so you haven't been able to just like be with him to like realize like that you weren't happy and I was like oh that that's right (laughs) and you've only known me for like four months how 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 is that possible it's like oh god it's like anyway and then it took me like I think like a whole other year for me to be like you know what I'm done. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so, cause also with a new baby, you're not going to leave. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. So I had all of those like different, um, things happening and yeah. And so I ended up leaving him and, uh, but I started school, the grad school, which eek, I told you just about all those feelings that I had after leaving undergrad. So before I started grad school, which 
I have no idea why I thought that was a good idea. For real. I'm just going to say <laughs> that out loud. I don't know. It was a really bad idea. But, um, <laughs> but starting grad school, I started having these, like, really intense physical symptoms when I'm really stressed because I honestly I think it's because I am I hide all of my emotions um I get physical symptoms so I start like throwing up I have really intense migraines or headaches and I um I have belly pains and ulcers and so I got like a really bad ulcer like the August before I started school because it's a northern school so um I started like labor day and I was like I don't know what's going on like I'm not that stressed like even though I'm always stressed, so. <laughs> so, but I think it was really because I was like, at the end of this grad program, am I gonna feel exactly the same way that like, I've finished this like really prestigious program and yet I have nothing to show for it? Like, so basically that's kind of what happened. Like I started school, um, I was super, super stressed to try and get like all of the work done and I, you know, because I had left my partner, like, I couldn't manage all the things. I had a new role, actually, at my, my current job that was way more labor intensive. And then I was just, like, overwhelmed. But I didn't have anyone to talk about talk to. I was crying randomly, and I'm not a crier. Like, I started going to church because I was, like, obviously I'm having some kind of religious experience because I'm crying and I'm so sick <laughs> and um oh my god it was just in insane and I was like well this isn't helping so maybe I need to see a therapist and then COVID happened and then after that I was like pump the brakes like I need to stop like school pause school and go and see a therapist because this is entirely too much for my brain and honestly the first month of COVID I laid in bed and just made sure that me and B ate and I would go to the bathroom and then that was it. <laughs> like, cause I just couldn't, it was too much for my brain. Mm. And so for my first couple of sessions with my therapist, she was like, Deja, like the reason why you're having this is because you've been squashing all of your emotions for all this time with oh, the span of like five years. And so, which I, I graduated when I was like 21, 22. So yeah, or 21. So she was like, it makes sense that you're having this, this meltdown while you're crying, while your stomach hurts, while you're throwing up. Like you, you've been squashing all these emotions. You've had like, you could have talked to people, but like your body cannot cope. So, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's so good that you saw a therapist when you did and just yeah. knew knew yourself enough that you knew you needed to take that time yeah. away. Yeah, my brain was, was breaking down. Grad yeah. school is really tough on mental health. It is. It is the worst. Yeah, like yeah. undergrad definitely has its challenges too because it's like you're younger and you, you know, you're getting used to kind of having your own life away from your parents and everything. But mm -hmm. grad school is just such like a... It's like a boot camp. It's just, yeah, it's just so intense. It is. It is so horrible. Like I, Aaron and I talked so much about the fact that it needs to be like banned. Like we needed to finish grad school so that we can make it where that grad school doesn't exist because it's so horrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. It's so bad. Like so many people that I've talked to is like, they talk about how they are on like medication simply because they went to grad school. Like, then that's it. That's the only way they can get through. And I'm like, 
this this is wrong. Like, yeah, I don't I don't like that. So, what is yeah. what has helped? Um, you talked about your therapist, and you talked about uh, suppressing emotions. Mm-hmm. I guess what has helped with your conversations with your therapist, or just like your learnings and experiences over the past year, mm-hmm. not suppress those emotions as much. You know, honestly, just talking to my therapist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my therapist is is delightful. She is a woman of color. And um, I've gotten to three therapists over my life, and so she's my third. And what the reason why I specifically chose her is because um, she doesn't give me tactics. Tactics I can find online. When If you see a therapist who gives you tactics, that's great. Um, but because I have been on this like mental health journey by myself for so long, um, I had all of the tactics that other therapists would have given me. So, cause you know, I, I do meditation. I do gratitude. I do uh, mindfulness stuff during, during the day. I like do breathing techniques. I do, I do so much of the other things because Oprah taught me, (laughs) but, you know, but, um, and even through my other therapist that, you know, told me to do things like I still do the things that they told me to do or told me to do before, but it wasn't, I mean, it was helpful, but I needed someone else who could like, she doesn't problem solve with me, but she, she asked me how I'm feeling and she makes sure that I'm thinking through how that's going to affect my mental health later on. And so, because I'm often, like, making decisions, like, putting other people first rather than putting myself first, obviously, through that whole story. Like, literally, I was just like, oh, yeah, this person, they need me? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. This person? Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. And I think we often forget that, that, you know, we live in a society, a culture, where even though I feel like it can be very selfish at times, but we often think that we need to be selfless and put other people first. Mm-hmm. But like doing something like therapy, like that is putting yourself first. But the subsequent, you know, the aftermath of that can be so much greater because it's depend. You know, it might affect your relationships with other people. It might strengthen those relationships. It strengthens, you know, how you go about your day. So it's you know the, those connections you make with people. So I think like you know, the effects of it are so great that like, yeah, you're being a little selfish by taking care of yourself here, but like, you know, think of what it's going to do for your son or for your relationships or just for your work in the, in the future. So I think it has so many good consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the other thing is having a person of color as my therapist and she's also a female too. So she gets all the different layers as well. And so we spend a lot of time, I mean, so we didn't really talk about any of the racial stuff happening um, over, you know, the year. And we didn't talk about any of, like, the co-parenting stuff, even though I know she gets both of them. So sometimes it would get brought up, but in passing. And I knew that I never had to explain to her, like, you know, there are protests happening in the city. So if my mind is not quite here, it's because I can see protests happening outside my window at work. And so, you know, like... That's something that is was really, really nice. And then, like, with the co-parenting thing, like, sometimes I could see her kid, you know, in my therapy sessions. And so when she could see my kid, it was like, I, I completely understand, you know? Like, it was it was so pleasant, whereas, you know, sometimes those relationships aren't the same. So, mm-hmm. um, I yeah, she's she was, like, for real a lifesaver. I honestly think I would have had, like, a for real mental breakdown if I had not gone when I did. I mean, obviously, I was on the brink of it because I don't know if I could have drove while I was crying to church anymore. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what it can do, and it's so it's so great that you realized that you needed that. So, also, church was closed because of COVID. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, finding a good therapist is so hard. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's so lucky that you you did find her. Yeah, honestly. So my friend is a is like the owner of that place. So I really like. Having connections is like so real, and even though I have like bent over backwards to, you know, um, have like all the connections and networks that I have, I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> like really, like God, because yeah. those those things are really hard to find. And the therapist connects with you yeah. on a deeper, more meaningful level. It's not just like some robotic person you're talking to and expressing your feelings. It's like, oh no, this person like understands the, as you talked about the layers before, those mm-hmm. multiple layers that a lot of people don't see or think about, like this therapist directly connects with you on that level. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are getting to that time when we need to start gratitudes. So this is where we just kind of share um, you know, sometimes we end up in the show talking about some dark stuff. And so we like to end by talking about some things that are that we're grateful for, things that are, you know, keeping us going. So uh, I don't want to start because I have to still come up with mine. I'll start. <laughs> well, number one, I am grateful for Deja as a guest. Uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I think a lot of people can relate to it as well. And I think that really makes just makes it so much better the more we talk about it and because people are like, yeah, I totally get this. Like, I feel this. And so people, it's nice to know that you're not alone out there. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing would be just hanging out with friends this weekend was a lot of fun. Um, it's just really nice seeing people and seeing people you care a lot about and just having fun with them. Like, not being like, mm, COVID, let's talk about that some more. <laughs> like, just being like, let's just have fun and not talk or think about that so much. Because it's been so heavy on us for the past year that really, like, that's most of my conversations is about COVID when I really don't want to talk about COVID. Like, I'd really talk about anything else. Um, so I, that would be the second one. And then the third one would be that uh, I'm going to my sister-in-law's birthday, Leo, who's a friend of the show, mm-hmm. and going to her birthday and seeing family today, which is great. You know, people are vaccinated. It's, you know, people are more comfortable with everything. And especially when I had my parents got vaccinated, it just, like, lifted a huge weight of stress off my shoulders. And because uh, it's all about me, you know, it's not about them. <laughs> and, uh, so just really excited for that as well. And, yeah, so just family, friends, and great guest. So... Awesome. Awesome. I can go. Um, So I am thankful for music that has gotten me through my darkest days. And I am, and also, sorry, Uh, it's gotten me through my darkest days. And it's also gotten me through my happiest days. And so I'm super, super thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for Oprah. I've given her lots of shout outs, but she (laughs) is just so great. (laughs) Really. She started this journey. And so I'm She's our next week's guest, actually. So we got pretty big guests next week. Yeah, we got Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I am thankful for my support system. I have a super phenomenal, like, support system filled with, like, family, friends, and, you know, other people who randomly show up in my life. And so I'm so, so thankful for them because without them, I probably would have had a for real mental breakdown. So throughout COVID, throughout, you know, all of this journey that I just described. So I'm thankful for them. Our support networks are like our own essential workers during all of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Um, I am thankful for reconnecting with people now that everybody's getting vaccinated. There were definitely some friends who were just very hesitant to hang out, um, understandably so, during COVID. And so, like, especially yesterday, like, I hung out with people that I just hadn't really hung out with in a while. Um, and it was really cool just to have everybody so at ease with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. It just removes this whole level of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for that. I'm also grateful for just the fact that I'm starting to feel better. I really was starting to, it was, I was getting to a really dark place where I was just like, I don't see an end to this. And that's the place where like the suicidal ideation comes in and it just gets really, really dark. And so I feel like it's happened just at the right time that it's finally lifting and I'm sure it'll dip down again. And, but you know, even just having some time of feeling better is going to recharge me and help me keep going. So grateful for that. Grateful for feeling better. Yes. Yeah. And realizing that, like, I mean, I say this and even though I struggle with it, like you've survived your worst days and like you're so experienced with all this stuff. I mean, like that's, you know, it kind of is a sad thing. But I'm it's pretty a good... much a pro at suicidal ideation. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. We're not doing that today. Yeah. But it's like you you, you have the knowledge. You have the resources, the tools, and the knowledge and awareness to know that. And like, so you have the experience there. So you know what to do when those things come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I did learn a lot from the past eight months of dealing with it. Like, lots of little coping skills. Mm -hmm. um, ah, that's the word. Coping mechanisms. That's Yeah. The biggest thing is just like like you were talking about a support network like i basically have you know my sister and my friend sam that i text when it's like sos mm -hmm. i need somebody to talk to right now mm -hmm. like because things are really really dark and it's good to have those people who you know because sometimes you'll you'll reach out to people and maybe that they'll make you feel worse yeah but like knowing the people you can reach out to who always make you feel better yeah, yeah. um yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah so having them uh was really big all right well any other gratitudes before we wrap up that's We're all, all i can do that's gratitudes. all i can do i can't be we're depressives we can't be that grateful <laughs> <laughs> you got like three from me which is a lot so yeah, yeah i'm tired of gratefulness now now i'm like what do i hate <laughs> All right. Well, Deja, thank you so much again for being on the show. It, it takes a lot of courage to tell your story, and we really appreciate you doing it. Thank you for having me. I really yes. appreciate it. Thank you, Deja. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.